Welcome to the Inspired Wild Podcast. I'm Trevin Stoltzfus, and we are back in Wyoming at the Split Rock. This is part two of our Wyoming adventure with Justin and Shelley Wampler. And if you listened to the first podcast, you got to hear uh, the exciting adventure up to now. Uh, that was Shelley's antelope buck, the history, and finding a really good mule deer. So we are going to uh, bring everybody up to speed and let you know what's going on. A lot has happened. There's been a lot gone, gone to, to yesterday. Um, Justin, your seven-year itch got scratched, if you want to say that. It did. It did. And um, we got a chance to really get creative. <laughs> and I, I, I really, I had a good time with that. That was awesome. Yeah, we did get creative. It was uh, definitely a new experience, but thinking outside the box to get right. the job done. Do I mean, it works. And yesterday morning, we um, were able to, we started out at first light with, with mule deer because that was the opener yeah. of mule deer season. <laughs> antelope had been open and uh shelly talk a little bit about the buck we call larry's buck larry's buck uh larry's buck is a mainframe three-point with a kicker split g2 um so essentially a three by four but he's the biggest three-point that you'll ever see uh wide significantly wider than his ears and they have been seeing him behind larry's house and when i say behind larry's house it's not like in his backyard there's a whole creek bottom you know several hundred yards wide the half mile long i mean he's he's got plenty of space but he's been essentially in the same spot all summer and q had sent us pictures of this buck before season started so we knew that was that was the target buck. That was what we wanted to at least get eyes on, see if there was a play. Um, so we did. We got out there at first light um, yesterday, got eyes on him. He stood up. He milled around. He's as impressive in person as he is in photos. But we, we never really had a good move yesterday morning. He was tucked. He was tucked. It's thick. In a uh, willow patch that is a hundred by one fifty, maybe. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, bracketed by the winding creek yeah, that goes. goes yeah, here. so it's kind of an oxbow. Uh, there's kind of a big swing, and it's the willow patch right in there. Yep. And he had himself uh, just the perfect spot, so he didn't move. Right. And you guys picked him up at first light, and then I joined you, and um, we literally lost him for two hours, I think. And then Justin, you, Larry, and I went across the creek and up and back and around just to try and get the vantage point of the back of that willow patch, and we mm -hmm. couldn't see nothing. Mm -hmm. But at that point, he had stood back up and yeah. was feeding a little bit more, probably about 930, I think it was. Yeah, I think so. But no concerns. From where he sat in that brush... He had perfect visibility all the way out to us, and then left and right in him yeah. were just 
the willow bushes and thick, thick stuff. So we we could stare at him, but yeah. <laughs> we couldn't cover the 300 yards between us and him. Right, yeah, because there's kind of an open, it's not quite a field, but we've been calling it a field, but it's basically an open pasture that yeah, irrigation there's, ditch. there's no no canal. I mean, n no uh, topography break like a canal or a, right. or a, a little draw or something to, to get into that creek bottom. And then to cross it, it it's it's not very deep, but it's deep enough to where you're probably mid-calf to knee-high deep in some places. Yeah. And we knew where the crossings were, um, which was really to the west and east of him. There's crossings that got more shallow because we'd seen the deer cross through there when you were, you guys were watching those does go through. So, mm -hmm. so yesterday morning was neat because it was uh, being able to see, get, get a feel for what, where he's at, and then, of course, he disappeared. Mm -hmm. So we knew exactly where he was at. Yep. So rather than go in there and try and get stupid and, and blow him out of the country, we knew he was going to be there that evening. Yep. So that's the fun thing about antelope. <laughs> when you're done hunting deer, then you go hunt antelope. And that's what we did. We did. And so, Justin, take us back through uh, finding, finding the buck, or actually multiple bucks that you said, hey, these are good deer. Uh, good deer, excuse me, good antelope. <laughs> good antelope. And, you know, it, it, you'd be willing to, to make a stock or, or we'd make a play on one of these. Yeah. Well, these we got eyes on them actually the day before and knew that uh, they were hanging out in this area. And when we got back from uh, uh, taking a look at Shelly's deer, deciding that we could make a play yet, we came back over here, we had lunch pulled up spotting scopes on the on the back of the lodge here and we were able to find those three bucks again back in that corner and we sat here game planned and came up with what ended up being an off the wall and <laughs> great plan uh there at the end but uh these guys uh these these animals out here they're they're used to the same vehicles coming out working on the pivots all the time and checking on them and uh tractor coming out and hay in the fields cutting the alfalfa i'm not sure what number they're on as far as cutting the fields this year but they've got to be up to five or six or seven by now i'm sure mm -hmm. with all the moisture that they got and we've heard larry and q and them say all the time that most of the time if they didn't stop they'd run them over i'm like well that sounds close enough <laughs> right exactly <laughs> sounds like a great idea so again and and the, the way this ranch sits up is the lodge sits right on the creek and then across the creek is uh directly behind the porch is pivot two and then pivot one is to the east and then three and four continue on west <clears throat> and pivot two has always except for that year it was had no water it was down and yeah. so it was basically yeah. uh wheat mm -hmm. but pivot two has always because of the way it lays up and the way it sits seems to be the main draw for a lot of the antelope mm -hmm. um pivot three is not bad pivot four tends to be the whitetail one mm -hmm. pivot you know i mean it's just yeah. interesting because the, the topography and the whitetail like to get into the willows mm -hmm. they'll bed in the creek bottom which is where they seem to come out there and so um being able to pick them up we're high enough on the back porch we can see almost all the way across that pivot right 
and uh, and you know you just look for a bunch of antelope and then all of a sudden start picking them apart and we saw a couple of them bedded um and we're able to get the long lens on them and and uh, uh spotting scope and and knew they were knew exactly where they were at mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we got old larry old larry came on over Larry came over with old Mr. John Deere. <laughs> this, it was a 764, I think, Mr. is what Deere. it is. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. John Deere. Yeah. Um, which is the it's the it's a big uh, dual rear John Deere tractor with hay hay if you would you know like a yeah like Bale a forklift but yeah, it's got hay the hay, hay, yeah yeah yeah. So our idea was and i've always wanted to do this i don't was it was it my bright idea or did we all kind of come up with it together i don't remember but it's something i've always wanted to do because i've been around this ranch and other ranches like this and i understand how i understand the relationship between ag equipment and animals and i've always wanted to try using a tractor to get to close that distance mm-hmm. but the problem that comes with that is i sometimes getting off you have that and we talked about it in the first podcast that instant dump of adrenaline when you get off and now boom it's a reveal and there's the antelope standing there yeah. and you you don't have any time to do anything or cover or cover right you're right. just you're literally just the tractor moves and then there's surprise a guy with a camera a yeah. guy with a bow and and just in the middle of nowhere right mm-hmm. we're in the middle of the field um, and so they don't stay very long a lot of times you get in within the distance but your shot has to be quick has to so be you're quick. rushed yeah so i thought why not again with the fact that some cows had gotten into the pivot which yep. isn't supposed to be right but they're here we took a Montana decoy, cow decoy, and took it with us. On the tractor. Set the scene of what that looked like. <laughs> uh, so I was fortunate. I wasn't a part of the game plan necessarily, but I was in the tractor. Um, kind of to help Larry with logistics, plus I had a radio. Um, but So we had two camera guys, Justin and you, and me and Larry, all in the tractor kind of. So... There were three and a half of us in the cab. Three in the cab and <laughs> Plus two. three steps and three people on each step. <laughs> plus the decoy. Plus the camera gear. Two cameras. Yeah, two cameras. Plus Justin and his bow. And we, it, it was a little bit like a circus. But we practiced. We did yeah. practice. We've got film practicing. People need, to, people need to understand that we are, we're professionals. Don't try this at home. Um, and we did. We ran, We did a mock. Uh, okay, here's how it's going to go. So if I set up like this and I set the decoy up, right? And then I'm like, okay, so uh, Matt, you set here. Saki, you set here. And get your, get your, I want, what I wanted to do is I wanted their tripods to be the right height. Yeah. Because I my my only job, but that's not true. My two only jobs was one to set the cow decoy, and two is to range for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was my part. Yeah. But I had to squeeze. We had to get four people behind this. Right. Now it's normally, and it is a yeah. big decoy. It's a cow. You know, it's a, it's a moo cow decoy. So it's a, it is a big de- decoy. But normally, what we'll do is we'll set. Saki was on the long lens, the one to 400. For those of you guys that don't know cameras, it's the long lens that allows you, it's like a spotting scope in a way, and it allows you to see. We'll normally set that up 200 yards away. Mm -hmm. 
and then we'll go do our stuff and he's got this peripheral. Well, I thought, why not have the 1 to 400 and the 70 to 200, which again is a zoom lens, but it's it's closer and that's what Matt was running and have them both there. And what that allows me to do is make sure Matt's running primary. And so he's just getting everything, make sure it's in focus. And then I wanted Saki to run slow motion. Mm -hmm. So we don't normally run slow motion if we only have one camera because you got to make sure you get the shot. Right. Uh, As in your, with your shot, it was trying to get to focus, you're coming right. to draw, and Matt hits the focus right about the same time the arrow hits the animal. Yeah. And I'd prefer to have a little more time. That's why I wanted the cow decoy. Right. That buys us time. It also has, the, with this practice session that we did, <laughs> they got their uh, camera tripods at the exact same height that they needed. Then they could put them together and hold them like a monopod. Yeah. But then when we bailed off the tractor, we practiced at where everybody goes, and we're behind this big wheel. Mm-hmm. So we're completely hidden from the animal, except for the 20 does that are uh, over here and the ones <laughs> above. But, but the primary yeah. buck that we're going after is right there. Well, I thought, just to put perspective on that, so it's, it's bad enough if it's just two guys and a decoy. I mean, that's it, still a lot of pressure. It's a lot of trying to figure out ranges. You know, get settled, get the shot. You feel rushed. But adding two different camera angles, like you said, there's a lot that goes into making sure that the, all of the camera gear is set up perfectly right. I mean, that's what goes into filming these shows, but but it's a lot. And then right. we doubled it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's... And then we had Justin, who again was the shooter, the, the hunter. And Justin is on the tail end, literally the tail and there was just enough breeze and we'll talk about how the tail (laughs) really made him happy um but it's got a little tail that hangs down and so he's just off the tail end again creating enough of in our minds hoping fingers crossed that we get just that extra maybe 15 or 20 seconds as the tractor moves out of the way for this great reveal and just get a range, settle a pin, make a good shot. Uh-huh. And the idea was to get within your comfortable shooting range, which is anywhere from 20, well, I, I mean, real close to comfortable out to 60, even further than that. Um, but ideally, if we can, we want to get closer them this, the, the closer yeah, the better. Closer right? Exactly. So we practiced. And I thought the practice session went really good. Yeah. When we got back, you know, it, it does did look something not unlike uh, twelve clowns <laughs> piling out of a small car in a circus with a cow. With a cow, um, <laughs> but we kind of got everything. Okay, you stand here. You should go, and we ran through it. Everybody's good. Larry, who's our driver, our tractor driver, is looking at us. Probably <laughs> he was really, uh, he was actually really courteous, but he was probably just shaking his head internally, going, "What are these guys doing?" And then the idea was to take the old John Deere and mosey around just like you're doing work and you mosey around the herd. The problem that comes with massive amounts of animals, like we talked about on the last podcast, is it only takes one to spook. Right. Exactly. And it takes and it'll clear a field. So we're trying to get around in this um, natural accepted transportation that they're used to seeing. That's why we wanted the tractor. 
okay? Um, vehicles can do it. It is possible to get close. Um, and we have in the past used vehicles as a somewhat uh, a, a hidey-ho or a, a decoy, so to speak. But the uh, opportunity for us to use the tractor and then the cow decoy, uh, um, I was pretty excited about because I thought it would buy us the time. And it would actually allow us to be a little calmer. So we head out. And I'm, I'm running camera off my iphone to showing how it's all packed in there like sardines i look up shelly's running from her iphone and taking cab selfies, cab selfies. We, did take a cab we posted selfie. some stuff on instagram so you have to go to the outback outdoors instagram page uh, uh well actually it's i think it was on the uh the instagram story so by the time this podcast comes out it'll be gone but we might have to post it up again because it was pretty funny just seeing us packed in there yeah. And then as we started to get near the herd, the herd did start to move. But all they did was just kind of move toward the inside, which is where we needed them anyway. Mm -hmm. And then um, we're trying to get within range. And I think you were at the the very beginning, I asked you, can you get a range through Mm -hmm. the window? Because I couldn't remember if a range finder worked through a window. I don't – I had – and you were like, oh, yeah, I can get a range. I thought, well, we could get a preliminary range. And since you were just, you weren't getting out, you weren't moving yep. at all, you could do some, get some ranges. So when we hit the ground, I would have an idea and then I could confirm that once everything got out of the way. Yeah. And it, it worked okay, uh, except that as we got set up and the tractor moved, um, the, the buck moved out of range. Right. So we... <laughs> he came with us, actually. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are in this amazing um, planned out sequence of events and but the buck is 89 I mean it was something you were like we need to get closer yeah started out I think 88 when we jumped out so um, which was a little further than what we wanted um, because he moved Um, at first he was 60 I think is where we were at and we were comfortable with that but um, he just kind of moseyed so we kind of, I looked at you, Justin, you kind of looked at me, and we kind of left the camera guys set up behind us. Yeah. And the tractor now has moved off. I believe Larry even shut, we it, shut off. it off. He yeah. did. And we just took the, uh, and the antelope are just standing there. Just hung out. Yeah, yeah again, that 100 yards, most of the herd with that buck that we were wanting to shoot, broadside yeah. feeding at 89. So. And Puts his head down and Goes starts to feed. feeding. So we just start inching up, just you and I. Mm-hmm. Boom. And I think we got 10 yards, and I'm trying to get a range. I'm trying to get a range. And um, I couldn't get a range when we were moving, but we probably moved about 10 yards. And I think we kind of said, hey, let's let's try and get just a little bit closer. Well, as we're moving, he picks his head up, doesn't really look at us, just starts walking. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, it's done. But we keep moving. And then we end up getting to uh, the next stopping point, and he is dead broad, dead dead broadside. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> dead broadside to us with his head down feeding. Mm-hmm. And now I put the decoy down. I don't shove it in the ground because if we have to move, I didn't want to have to wrestle right. it up. But I kind of get down, I put some pressure on it, and I go around the front of the nose of the cow, and I get a range, get a range, and got two solid really solid exact ranges so mm-hmm. i knew exactly what it was and that's when i told you right 
and I'd, I'd shoot a single pin as well, so I'm dialing in. Um, gave me the yardage, I dialed it in. I'm on my knees, got plenty of what I thought was clearance behind the, the back end of the <laughs> moo cow. And like you said, got a little breeze and here comes a little tail. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's blowing in my, my sight picture. And so at one point I kind of move my bow up around the tail and shove it back down. <laughs> and, uh, but, but we've got, you and I've got lots of room now because we had left kind of the cameraman are now what, 20, 25 yards we behind were, us. We were at least 20 yards in front of the camera guys and the tractor and everything. And they, all they've got to look at is us and the moo cow. Well, and, and the tractors off to our right. So you're probably yeah. 40 by then 40 yards to our right. Yeah. And we're literally moving towards the animals with this decoy and um cameraman behind which i do think that helped that the decoys there even though the cameraman were behind us Mm -hmm. they're kind of filming back and so all the other antelope that normally are what give you away they weren't spooked at all either no no i just we had the wind right the wind was was you know we're not necessarily an antelope you don't have to be you got to be careful how i say this (laughs) Antelope at the split rock don't mm. seem to be as leery of human scent as the mule deer and whitetail and elk right. here. Um, and maybe that's uh, just because of the, they're always in the pivot. They're always smelling mm-hmm. humans when they're working on the pivots. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. Maybe they're a little more tolerant. Um, I wouldn't call them pet deer or pet antelope or, no. or tame, no. but uh, um, but they are used to seeing it. So anyway, here we are. We're moving. Let's let's move on with the story, Trev. Come on, and and we move closer. We move closer. We move closer, and um, I just remember telling you. I think I verified the range maybe one more time, mm-hmm. and I remember see, seeing kind of maybe hearing you come to full draw, and and then nothing. It's quiet. <laughs> That's because I was I, holding my breath. <laughs> and I was I was waiting for you to send it. Yeah. And um, and it was it was a little over sixty, but you knew your exact yardage. Mm-hmm. You were able to dial. The, the wind wasn't a s- issue at all, other than the tail, the breeze <laughs> causing the tail, the tail to yeah. flop a little bit on the decoy. And then you did something that I thought was, I think this is uh, the Budweiser play of the day. <laughs> you let down. I let down on an animal. Yeah. The pin wouldn't settle. I was shaking. I was pretty excited and had no idea. I mean, did not expect that to work. So let me ask you this. Do you think you, if we had not had the decoy and we would have done, just tried to almost boom the tractor leaves and you know kind of like well, there we are and would you have felt comfortable enough to let down no no everything would have been too rushed like you said you're out there exposed um and i mean like you said you're you're out there in the middle of nothing and you know and you feel like they're going to split i mean at any second just boogie out of there so, yeah, I think you definitely force the shot with uh, that type of situation. So but. in this situation, having the decoy, I think, really allowed – it did exactly what we wanted it to do. Well, his body language, like I said, he he was feeding. 
He'd pick up his head, he'd look, but then he'd go back to feeding. He was perfectly broadside. He was calm as can be. And even when I let down, never even picked up his head. Right. And how long even did- in between, I paused. Right. Took several deep breaths. I'm not sure how long. I mean, felt like a long time. But, <laughs> it was uh, probably 10, 10, 15 seconds maybe. Uh, it's possible um, by the time the arrow went off for sure. Yeah. Because even when I drew again, I made sure the, pet, uh, the pin settled and I held on him for probably several seconds because I shoot a hinge release as well. Um, it just helps me slow down as well. So if that pin's not there, then I have time to call myself off. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, I was able to, to redraw, kind of compose myself and get some oxygen back in my blood and hold a little more steady and complete the shot. And, and the cool thing about it is the, the whole idea of having the two cameramen worked out perfect mm-hmm. because we got not only, you know, 4K good footage of the, the interaction of us moving into or towards the herd from it's actually better than I would have imagined. If they would have been with us, they wouldn't have got any of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, if they would have been trying to follow with us, we would have been much more cramped. We'd have made more noise. Maybe yeah. we would have. But by them staying back, and I don't remember telling them to stay back. I just think no, I looked at stayed. you, and we just went. And we they, didn't tell them. Yeah. We just went. <laughs> <All right. That's, laughs> Let's get closer. Yeah. And we just got closer. And, and they luckily, had, they, they were rolling. They had already set up their tripod, so they're like, okay, well, we'll film it from here, which was smart. Yeah. And then Saki did have the slow motion, which is just phenomenal footage. It turned out great. Yeah. So it'll be fun to, to, to uh, stitch that little piece together mm-hmm. with all the different angles. Um, and the shot was phenomenal. Uh, it was really, it was a good shot. It seemed at first a bit forward. Um, but when you have the reaction that you had after you shot him, um, why do we not shoot a, uh, 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 if you look at the anatomy of an animal, the vitals is behind the shoulder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why do we not shoot animals in the shoulder? No penetration. Right. You're not even clear bone. Yeah. In a a situation with... Uh, deer and an elk we got tons and tons and tons even an antelope um there is the opportunity to hit the ball joint mm-hmm. which of course is horrible for penetration mm-hmm. or the bone you do have some cartilage some other stuff in there you can blow through right but it's almost like that ball joint is the um that that shoves everything back in towards behind the shoulder because mm-hmm. of that if that wasn't there and it was just cartilage We'd always shoot it further forward because <laughs> right. you got two lungs right there. You got the heart right there. I mean, that is the mecca. Mm-hmm. But because of that, we end up pushing it back. Right. Well, you shot and you put it below the socket of where the ball joint would be. Mm-hmm. And it he kind of reared up a little bit, spun around, and had no shoulders. Blew out both front shoulders. And, and- no lungs. Yeah. We thought he might have clipped the heart. We we did look at the heart. You didn't clip the heart. You were just, right just above up, it. Just above the, mm-hmm. But you might have got the arteries going into the heart. Very well possible. Because he did not go 15 yards. No, he uh, he face planted and then snow plowed and 
and was did D- a little front flip and DRT. That was it. Dead right there. I mean, that is as quick a kill shot that as is you could. Probably the quickest kill shot I've had. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was. I mean, there was even if he was down. I mean, he was dead. I right. mean, there was no. I mean, there was no was, kicking. No. There was nothing. no. Yeah. Nothing yeah. whatsoever. I mean, he was he was done right away. That and was, I knew it right away. And we were pretty excited. Oh, yeah. We got <laughs> I, a little excited. Yeah, yeah, we did. I think I, I grabbed you in a headlock. Uh, you put me in a headlock. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think part of that is just the, can you believe that stinking work? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Did, you know, that? did that just happen? <laughs> and, then, and then the fact that, yeah, everything just went perfect, perfect, perfect. And to be honest, how rare is it to be able to share that with everybody? Right. Because every, I mean, you guys were within a hundred yards because okay. you were off to the side. Yep. Um, cameramen are behind us, so maybe they're, you know, uh, but but everybody's kind of in, had a little, little part to play in this. Right. And uh, and we got to, sh- everybody was there, got to see it, got to share it. You know, a lot of times we come back to camp and we're like, oh man, you should see yeah. this and you tell your story. And then with us, you have the video there. Let's look at the video and you show them the yep. video. Well, everybody not only got to see the video, but they also got to see it live. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty special. Absolutely. So Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the, the antelope. Uh, explain let's let's paint a picture we posted some pictures on instagram those are on the outback outdoors uh uh, feed for ig but you picked this goat because of a couple different categories and we talked about this about judging pronghorns Mm -hmm. pronghorn antelope in the first podcast he is he forks he doesn't even start to fork an inch and a half above his ear until an inch and a half above Mm -hmm. his ears which is really good he's got great mass he's got good cutter length and then he's tall and carries his mass you know and he's not super heart-shaped curved no i don't have but he's but but he's still really tall and 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 carries good mass he's got a lot of length above the cutters and yeah he was definitely he definitely stuck out in the group for sure and um Another one out here that you can definitely notice is his body size. Mm-hmm. Body size was much bigger than the rest of the antelope around him. So you can tell he was a mature buck. He's been around a while. So he was uh, fairly easy to pick out. Yeah. So. And that's kind of what you were looking for. I think he's one of the ones Q had been kind of uh, sending you pictures of. He is. He is. He told us that uh, there's two good bucks in, in Pivot 2. He told us exactly where they've been hanging out. They go to the center of the pivot. They leave out the northwest corner, and they do that every single night. And he said they've got a lot of does with them. But those two bucks right there are the ones you want to look for. And sure enough, they, we got back there, and we got in that area, and we found them. Yeah, so. worked, out, worked out really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the, the cool thing was uh, we were able to, and it was hot. Oh yeah. I mean, it was hot. It was ninety, ninety-two yeah. degrees probably yesterday, mm-hmm. and you know, this is the middle of the day, and um, again, normally you're taking a nap or whatever, <laughs> right. and right. so we got all our stuff done, took some pictures, and I mean, the only problem with doing that in the middle of the day is your pictures are you got such harsh lighting, but hey, it is what it is. Yeah. It's reality, and you just roll with it, and. You were able to bring him. We got him back. You broke him down. You got him ice. You know, I mean, you were able to to 
pretty quickly, get him cooled off. Yeah. And then turn around, and boom, we're out back looking for Shelly's buck. Back there There's not for been the any downtime point. since no, we've been zero. here. Yeah. No. I mean, when usually, you three days we, and three yeah. tags. Yeah. Usually we do have, it's, there's good, some, yeah. I've had some great naps. Yeah, here. nice, not cool. This year. Not this year. You come home, eat yeah. some lunch. Yeah. No. So um, let's shift gears then. Here we are. Another tag notched. Justin's on the board. And focus now shifts back to you with a really good buck. Yeah, absolutely. It, it still set the stage. It's, it's just go, go, go. So we get the buck down, we get him back. Now we're working to break him down, skin him, keep him out, process, you know, get all the quarters off and everything. You get in the house, you get cleaned up, you inhale a sandwich and you're back. You're, you're focused, you gotta go again. Right. Um, but luckily for us, you know, same deer, we knew where he was at, we knew we, where we, we left him. We put him to bed, we yep. did, yep. Mm-hmm. And so the goal was to go right back there glass again. And we got out there Lots of eyes on the same spots. We glassed for a while. It was, we got out to about 5.30 and I think. Two we, hours. Yeah, it, it was, was two, hours before two hours before he before even stood up. Mm-hmm. And same thing, we sent um, Justin, you and Larry, Larry and I went. went up the hill and around the backside, up on the sage hill so we could get a, another vantage yeah, point from above. Yeah, get both sides. Just that. to make sure it didn't pop out the back of the willows, but never showed up back there. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was couple hours at least a couple hours it wasn't long i'm gonna before say 7 30 yeah By the time it wasn't he long before out, dark when he it was about 7 15 because uh by the time we saw him we i even said i said we've got 30 minutes to make a play that's yeah. not enough time right. yeah and he There's stood no up way. almost exactly in the spot we left him that morning mm-hmm. i mean within feet and you just you stand up and you see just antlers come out of the sage and the willow bushes. He's just he's just so impressive. But we, there we are in the exact same position we were that morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. He still has all of that vantage point in front of him. The wind's not great to come from the direction that's the easiest. We don't have a lot of time. And we don't have any cover to come from. We don't the, have any cover know, where we're sitting in glass yeah. and him. We could, we talked about there was one dead scrubby bush that he was feeding around behind yep and our idea was let's take an antelope decoy and the reason i chose an antelope decoy was because we were watching a lot of antelope yeah. bucks around this area mm-hmm. and they were just yeah so i'm like okay that ma- that matches we don't have any cattle over There's there no so cows. we weren't able to go hey let's take a cow decoy that's again i might be overthinking this but it seems to have been working here so and let's go right at him. Yeah. The problem came. We we were going to be pushing it. We were going to be. It was going to be and aggressive. And we hadn't bumped yeah. him. We knew where he was at. And ideally, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You think, okay, well, if we could have gotten across that opening when he was bedded, mm-hmm. and I think we could have, and you're set up on that other side, just by that bush that we're marking him with mm-hmm. you'll be what do you, well, you were in there what justin would you have been if you set up right there would you have been 30 40 yards away from where he was at um probably close to 50 okay so yeah. you're still a little ways away but mm-hmm. if you could have got snuck in there and got set up at six o'clock 
you're going to sit there and bake for an hour yeah. Oh yeah. or yeah. hour and a half. But then mm-hmm. when he stood up, that would have been the only possibility. But then he stands up and he's in sage and willows that are anywhere from four foot high to six foot high yeah. mm-hmm. where he disappears completely yeah. or yeah. you see the top of his antlers or you just see the top of his back. Oh, we yeah. lost him every few minutes. And we knew and, exactly where he was And at. he'd just turn around and then he'd pop back up. He mm-hmm. never left that that bush but right. you'd lose him completely in the sage mm-hmm. so you Which, always second guess yourself yeah absolutely yeah but we talked ourselves out of the aggressive, aggressive play. play because mm-hmm. we still had today we still had this and morning we didn't you know there again you're just weighing all the odds and if we had just gone right at him of course we'd already we'd already missed the opportunity to go in without spotting him you know, here you are. The I, everybody is just set on. We need to get eyes on him, and then we'll figure out right. the place. So we glassed for a long time. You know, maybe it would have worked if we had gone straight at him. But the the creek bottom was between that bush and us. And like you said, it was now that we've been down there, fifty yards from the bank to that bush, plus whatever he was, wherever inside. he was, plus the four foot tall sage. Mm-hmm. Can you get an arrow in there or not? Right. Hard yeah. to say. It's easy to, yeah, it's easy to, to again, armchair quarterback. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. And that would have worked. Yeah, that, why didn't you guys try that? Well, you know, uh, we're also trying to not let this buck know he's being hunted. Yeah. And that's the best way to kill mature bucks is they don't know they're being hunted. The minute they know they're being hunted, everything changes. They change their, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, so when we decided... I, I think we all kind of came to the uh, agreement or we ran out of daylight that we weren't going to do the, the Hail Mary <laughs> right across the field. We backed up and had a nice dinner. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we, you know, you just, you got to try the next day. Right. And the next morning we, we, we there he is. We're going to leave him right there. Yep. And we're going to He didn't assume, move 20 yards all right, day yesterday. Right. And we're going to assume he's going to be in that area. Yeah. And maybe next, the next day he puts himself maybe the next little willow patch that now we can approach right. mm-hmm. or something. I mean, that's what we're banking on. Yeah. Um, and so we did, we walked away and here we are. Then, the, you know, we get good night's sleep. We go back in and this time we're even going to be a little, uh, more cautious, shall we say, yeah. because we started glassing from the highway mm-hmm. and we didn't even pull into uh, of course, this this area is you go in and you pull off a two track and you go by some old corrals and kind of drop in and you're you're glassing back into this willow patch. Well, you can see the willow patch from the highway, but it's another two, three, four hundred yards. Yeah, several hundred yards. So we're we're even giving him more space, and we started glassing at first light there this time. And we spent a lot of time glassing from there. We <laughs> got in this morning, and like you said, being more conservative. We got to the place on the highway before light, which we really hadn't, we hadn't focused so much on daylight, the time frame anyway, until that, but we were, we got there really early. We wanted to get first light on him. We didn't want to spook him. We didn't want to let him know he was being hunted. Um, and we just, we never saw him from the road. Um, we finally went on into the two track. You were mentioning past the crowds, just get a little bit closer, get different angles, looked and looked and looked and looked and looked. And what was interesting is not only did we not find him, we really didn't have the same deer movement that we had right. yesterday morning. Um, 
the does were in there, but they weren't up feeding all over the place like they had been. Right. So it was just a completely different dynamic. Yeah, experience this morning. Yeah. And I, I think just to let people know, if you didn't listen to the first podcast, the buck we're talking about is a mainframe three mm-hmm. that's maybe 28, 30 inches wide, probably will score 170. I mean, he's and he's got a kicker. Really tall. Yeah, real tall, real wide, good mass, uh, you know, got a eye guards, uh, and, and, and then has a little kicker, um, really a fourth point. Golly, I'm tired. Sorry. That was a big yawn. I'll have to edit that one out. Wow, that was a big (laughs) yawn. Um, But he's got a unique configuration, mature buck. We are 95, 98% sure he's the one that Dustin made a play on last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's he's definitely was, you know, he is definitely a mature buck. So. He's definitely one we would be proud to take. Not only is he impressive to look at, as Saki said last night on the podcast, he's the biggest deer he's seen on the hoof. Yeah. So he's one of those ones that you see and you go, wow. And body size too. Yeah. He's a big deer. Right. So uh, that's what we're, we're going for. The idea this morning was, again, see if he's moving somewhere, put ourselves in the position of where he wants to go. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, couldn't, we couldn't do that last night because he was already where he wanted to be. Right. And I think, so we knew going into this morning that we were going to be more aggressive, but we still had this kind of general mindset that we wanted to get eyes on him first. Right. Right. It just makes better sense. You right. find the buck, then decide where you're going to go right. in. Don't just walk, don't just go walk it, take your bow for a walk right. through, through deer bedding. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's, it is, it's all bedding around. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. and we, we had lots of random ideas about coming in from this angle and that angle and sitting up there and walking that. But it's so big, like you said, probably 150 by 100 yards and thick. So even if you walked one edge or you walked where you left him, you know, he, he moves 30 yards into the back of it, you never see him. So we, we had a whole lot of random ideas. And finally, we just decided we needed to get down there. I mean, right. We needed to do something. We needed to do something. Right. Because this we're is our last day. Willows. Our last day. We're not seeing any deer. Yeah. And, and so, so we kind of came up with an idea. Hey, why don't we just apply a little pressure? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing we know about this deer is Q had been in uh, that pasture and had bumped him. And he had been in that willow patch and he bumped to the next one. Right. Mm-hmm. Just because Q had driven into chick fence or cows or whatever he was doing, some something important, I'm sure. And um, so he's like, "Well, why don't we do the same thing?" So we went around, came in from the backside, and set up in what I thought was a really good spot in between two big willow patches mm-hmm. where he had been seen. He goes back and forth, kind of between. So if he was going to bump out of this one, he would have had to go on. To the next one, and, yeah. And there was a there's a really small little willow patch in between, and it's perfect. I mean, he's going to walk right by you. Yeah. So that was the idea. So we had Justin and Larry literally just drove the truck in like they were checking fence or whatever, you know, and applied pressure. Right. And so nothing came Not out. a thing came out. And we nothing. had the antelope decoy. Like, we had a lot of options even right. where we were sitting, but... There was nothing. No, there crickets. was not a deer, a deer not a, a nothing came yeah. out. So then the idea was, okay, what if last night he moved to the other 
willow patch, the one that we were sitting in between. So we did the old button hook and we backed yeah. back out, made a big loop around and came back. Yeah. And then you guys did the same thing. You applied that pressure and guess what? Deer started coming out. Yeah. We're like, all oh, right, this is great. The problem was <laughs> how far were those deer funneling out? Oh, at least 120, 150 yards. So where they we thought we were going to be at this pinch point, that wasn't the natural escape route. Mm. So uh, we're like, oh, hold Oops. up, Justin, hold up, hold yeah. up, hold up. And we <laughs> actually <laughs> had to figure a way to cross the creek and get back and moved ourselves into a, another uh, bit of cover that, would put us closer to where these does mm -hmm. and that did work because yeah. then we had does coming out on both sides yeah. we had that one doe come out at probably 10 yards on the other side of a bush from us um and we probably would have been within 40 yards either side right of they where they would have yeah. come and um so i think the only thing I would have done different would have done that if I hindsight being 2020 I would have done that first sure. before we applied any pressure at all and um and you know but he never showed he never showed he never came out we got a head count of the does mm -hmm. and no nine 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 does and fawns came out of there yeah. funneled out of there and no buck no buck and so that makes me think okay then he's he's had to have relocated not that he's he could be still be within a hundred yards, but oh, sure. there's enough cover there. Yeah, and so I think what what you know you do your best guess, and it didn't work. Right, it didn't work. Well, but I don't know. It, in hindsight, too, we learned a ton by being down there. It's bigger, it's thicker. There's more routes than we ever could have imagined. Yep. I told Larry after we counted does. That I wish we had three more days now because right. we know so much more about just the layout of that space. And he, you know, he may not come back. I don't, for three days, who knows? But we just learned so much about where they might go, what they might do. And now we have to go home. <laughs> the crazy thing is that I don't think we bumped him. Um, but yet on the flip side, he is, a, he, he, I'm sure he was aware of our presence when we were glassing, even from. 250 300 yards away um but he never reading his body language like we read that but your buck's body language when mm -hmm. we were moving in on him and why we knew we could keep pushing the envelope because he right. was completely relaxed he never showed any sign of mm -hmm. caring that we were sitting at the truck glassing sure of course we're not off walking around we're not beating the bushes we're you know we're localized there but it makes me wonder, okay, but even just that little bit, was that enough to cause him to go, you know, it's too crowded here. I'm heading over here. Right. Right. And so he does that for a couple of days and then comes back. Yeah. I, I don't know. They don't get big like that on accident, right? No. I mean, he, we were probably at a comfortable distance that he thought, okay, I'll keep feeding. But yeah. maybe it was enough to make him uncomfortable. Or maybe he's tucked up underneath one of those willow bushes and he was like, eh, it's just the truck. I, I've yeah, exactly. Guess is as good as mine. If he held up in there, he held up tight, and he's yeah. a smart son of a gun. Yeah. yeah. And there, there were you saw Justin that there were some uh, some washouts and some stuff that we couldn't tell. It looked like just willows, oh, yeah. but there were some places he could have got in there, and you would have had to go step on him to get him to come yeah. out. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So if he if he was that type of a uh, of a buck that would rather let you walk by than than try and 
run away. Yeah. You know, then he has that ability. But uh, but we weren't ready to throw in the towel quite yet. No. We still had a few hours. Yeah, we and still a deer had a tag. few hours and a deer tag. So we decided, okay, we're not going to go just walking willy-nilly. Let's, there's a there's a, another idea, and I think I even said, you know, I've got one more shot. Yeah. I've got one more trick up my sleeve. And I'll t- throw this back to last year, and Dustin, his hunt with, uh, when Tanner was running camera, we were on the back side of Pivot 3. There's an area that we call the nursery. And we call it the nursery because it's right along the creek on the back side of the pivot. And there's some willows there too, but there's also some really tall sage. And there's a place where you can drive the pickup and you go up on a ridge and you can look down into the pivot. You can also look down into the creek bottom. And in years past, over the past seven, eight years, whatever, call it the nursery because you'll look down there and you'll see a doe and two fawns or a fawn bedded tucked into the creek because it's nice and cool sure. it's in the shade and you'll just go by and there'll be there's one there's another one there's another one there's oh there's a buck bedded okay you know and so we always see deer well as we we decided to go check that out sure. and dustin and tanner last year we were back there and we looked and a buck came up out of the sage and went up into a box canyon mm-hmm. and the reason i call it a box canyon is it's basically there's no outlet it's a canyon that goes back and then it's just these rock bluffs so there's no escape other than one little cutoff on the right hand side mm-hmm. and they went up there we actually spent some time last year glassing that buck and we gave him we actually sat and gave him an hour and a half after he went up there making sure he didn't come out the top <laughs> which now we know you can't yeah, unless he's yeah. got climbing gear <laughs> or he's a ibex yeah. he's not coming out the top and um so they went in there after him and they got in there and that sucker and i'm bat sitting back running the long lens because i don't need to be in there i would i had already yeah. killed my buck and dustin had to tag and, and that sucker came out and took a cut off and disappeared and it turned out he there was a we found this kind of cross through some rocks, through some rubble, through some trees where you can't see. You'd think he'd come all the way out of the mouth and back, but there was this little yeah. shortcut. So we're coming up on that place. Same thing happened, except this was a big, a nice four-by-four four four mature by. mature buck, and um, he runs in there and heads up there. And I'm like, I know exactly <laughs> where he's going. Done this. And I know where he's going to leave if he needs an escape route. Yeah. And so we backed up, we pushed Saki out with a long lens and said, you sit up here, you watch. And I bailed out, you backed up even further and came around. And the whole plan was if you're looking at this, this draw that goes into a rock bluff. So imagine it's, it's not 200 yards deep. No, it's like a triangle. Yeah. It kind of comes to a point at the top. Right. And and it's and you got a lot of really tall junipers, mm-hmm. good shade in there. Yeah. Great place for a buck to go up there and, and, and bed. And he disappears. Yeah. The buck just disappears. But we know he can't go up the top. Yeah. And so we watched. and Anyway, so the whole plan was the wind was he- heading, if you're looking at the draw, from left to right. And 
So the idea was to set you and Matt running camera up kind of on the right bottom. Right. Towards where this shortcut is and, 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 and where he would come out. The wind is coming to the left. So it's so that's perfect for your wind to set you up to. Get you guys set up. And then I was going to turn into American Ninja Warrior <laughs> and do some rock climbing. I don't think you knew that yet. I didn't know that yet. <laughs> but I was going to come up to the left side and just literally go on a walk. Yeah. Just. And allow my wonderful aroma, <laughs> my scent, my human scent to waft down in there. What my thought was on that was I didn't want to spook him going 90 miles an yeah. hour i wanted him to smell that and go oh i'm out of here yeah. and know that he was boxed in and then have him sneak out and he's going to try and sneak right by you right. and ideally that's what the buck with tanner and dustin did I, I i was trying to get you guys set up in a spot where you would be able to uh have that easy shot at his escape route mm -hmm. and when i got up there um, it was much more technical than <laughs> I first estimated, shall I say. And uh, we got up on there. Now it's getting one thirty. It's two o'clock. It's hot. hot. And I'm getting up there, and I'm, I'm glassing down in there. And I'm like, I know he's right here. I could literally put in a 20-yard area, that buck is right there. Right. I knew that. He hadn't come out. We would have seen him. Yeah. But I want to get up and around so that I can use that my well he doesn't move he's still in i mean nothing moves out and then you start doubting okay did he sneak out of here yeah is and he i'm really looking here? around and i'm like where's he gonna go yeah there's no way he could so I'm like he's got to be in there so i actually went up and passed him and came back on top of him and i am not at this point i'm not trying to be loud but i'm not trying to be sure. quiet i want him to know i'm there and i want him to on his own sneak out and at that point, um, I see movement. And he does exactly what I want him to do, which is start to move down, mm -hmm. going through the little trees and the rocks. I'm just catching small glimpses. He's not running at this point. He's just moving down. And then it opens up. And he grabbed a gear. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when he starts heading right down for yeah. you guys. We and, could hear him coming. Yeah. So where we set up... I didn't even didn't even consider that he would come down the middle. Yeah, come right down the pipe. So we're one hundred percent focused on the path that he was supposed to come down and sneak around the right through the rocks. I've got a plan to see him coming. I'm behind a bush to come to full draw. He'll be at twenty yards. You know, just it's all working out in my head. But you know, all of that's happening and Matt and I are sitting there and sitting there and sitting there and sitting there because it took a while, longer than I think I had Played out in my uh, head. He sat tight. I mean, yeah. I was within 30, 50 to 30 yards of him for a while, yeah. and he never jumped until I started heading down towards right. him. Right. Makes me think that the other buck is still in those willows. <laughs> but, yeah, we we sat there for the longest time, you know, really focused on that spot. And we use radios in situations like that because in Wyoming you can. And Saki on the long lens, radios – that he's coming down from the left. And about and no sooner did he he say that that I could hear him, but he'd already picked up that other gear and he was coming down that hill. And when you say the left, not the left side of the draw, he right. was literally in the middle, in but the it middle, was but left, left of, of me. Right, right, where I never even, never even looked. So we flipped, we flipped around and he was so loud coming down that hill 
then I thought he was he was going to come through our bush. I mean, right on top of us. So I came to full draw thinking, you know, worst case, we give him a, a little noise, he stops. Um, but he, for some reason, and I, I didn't see this, but for some reason coming full speed ahead straight down the hill, stops and makes a hard right turn. Well, what he did is he stopped. I think he caught your motion of you coming to full draw. We were he, completely behind that bush. I, know, I don't but, know. But I, and I didn't. I couldn't yeah. see you drawing either. But he came and he stopped. Yeah. And he is looking right at your bush. That's wild. Then. And then, and of course, I'm back up the hill, so I'm looking down, yeah. going, "Shoot him! Shoot him! Shoot him!" And um, and then he, yeah, took a hard right yeah. and went straight away from you. But he was within twelve yards of you at that time yeah that's what Saki ended up saying and that's and there again you know hearing him I thought man he's gonna pop out right right in our face mm-hmm. if we can get him stopped <laughs> right we'll be in luck but no I never even had eyes on him before he turned tail and ran yeah but, I know I know but if he had done what he was supposed to do which is my favorite right. thing like right. it would have been And then there's the idea of of setting up in a situation like that where you set up in front or behind a bush. And your your logic for setting up behind was allowing the bush to give you the cover to draw, and then he reveals himself. The problem with that is that's your only shooting lane. Right. Is around those edges. You have nothing in front of you. And... um, if in a situation where he was coming down and you'd have been on the front, if you could have got drawn earlier, it didn't take him how long to get down. Right. It, he was he was so quick yeah. coming down. Well, he was, if he would have stopped, you know, I'm not saying you could or couldn't have. Would you have had the opportunity for the shot? Right. Now, he's, now he's 10, 15, maybe 20 yards, and he's quarter and two. Yeah. I mean, do you take that shot? Well, that's, I mean, now you, now you open up another can right. of worms. I personally, if he's, you know, 15 yards and he's quartering to me, I'm putting it in the pocket. Sure. Okay. But he's got to stop. You're not yeah. going to shoot he's a buck moving anyway. So. Well, and that's, I would love to, to hear everyone's thoughts on that debate because, so here's the situation. We're looking uphill. There's kind of a funnel coming straight at us from where we're set up. So. I chose to set behind the bush. I could see all the way up that, but I knew as soon as I had eyes on him, he'd be 80 or 90 yards that I could, I could come to full draw without him seeing me. And I didn't want him to stop facing me, you know, 50, you know, even 40, 50, 60 yards. Cause I know that I wouldn't want to take that shot. So those things, those were the factors that were running through mm-hmm. my head. So I, you know, we could debate all day. I'd love oh, to yeah. hear that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> And, and it, I've just seen, for me, it's yeah. it's anytime you're behind a a, a, a bush, you, you're, you're limited so much yeah. versus when you're in front. And why do we wear a camel? We wear a camel to break a bur- yeah. outline. Okay. But camel doesn't do a darn thing for movement. Right. Okay. Well, if you're going to draw, you're going to have to draw. Yeah. So you either are running the risk, like you said, he pulls up instead he of stops. 12 yards, he pulls up at 60 yards. Yeah. There's, you know, and now you, here you are. Or, um, and in your situation, you're shooting a single pin. What if he does pull up at 40 yards, but you have your pin set thinking he's going to come right, through this, this pitch window. point yeah. at 22 yards. Yeah. What are you going to do? Right. You're full draw. Yeah. So that, I mean, there's a lot of things going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Ideally, what would have been best is 
if he'd read the script and just come, if he did what he was right, supposed to do <laughs> you'd have funneled right into i mean it. yeah exactly did, did we we set up on the turn where he was supposed to make his left turn to go down that four-lane highway that they had i mean yeah well it is what it is <laughs> and and even the way looking at that like because i thought where that cut across was was higher up yeah and where i was telling you to set up you didn't set up there we did but in actuality yeah. you you did okay because you had come through that cutoff. Yeah. So you're like, well, but I was thinking this was the cutoff. And I'm like, no, it's up there. And we walked up there and it was rock. Yeah. There's no cutoff. They weren't getting through there. So it was that lower one right. anyway. So that's, uh, that was actually, you, you made a play or a decision on the ground. And I think it was the right one other than I would have set up in front of the bush but again does that does that mean it would have happened now now yeah, he does come know. like he does yeah and you've got to draw at some juncture and there's no cover yeah there's no cover and he's coming right running right at you yeah. he's gonna see you yeah and most likely if he sees that movement versus seeing movement through the tree where he stopped mm-hmm. he's not stopping he's taking a right turn yeah. no blinker no nothing yeah. and just going yeah, but it was exciting. It was because exciting because we had the plan. Yeah, we knew he was in there, and we're like, "Well, let's try this. Let's again." You're not going. I'm not going in there banging pots and pans doing a deer drive. Yeah, what I'm doing is I'm letting my natural aroma or whatever the natural sound of of me just moving through yeah. country create movement where we can then you can put yourself up for an ambush. Yeah. And That's, I would say, percentage wise, I mean we. The odds were in our favor that that was going to work. Right. More so than some of the, the other random stocks that we've done. Oh, right. The, we had a good plan. It was a pinch point. He didn't have very many alter- alternatives to get out of there. So it, to me, it was a it was a high percentage chance. Right. And I think it was worth it. And it was fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Other than the fact that it was hot as oh. the... Oh, yeah. I don't even want to say as how hot as it was because it was really hot. And, and a yeah. nice steamy walk all the way back to the mm-hmm. truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was good. And so now here we sit in the lodge in the air conditioner, kind of cooled down a little bit. And what are you thinking? What's your plan? You know, it is 4 o'clock. We've got, we still haven't packed up anything, cleaned anything up. Plus a three and a half hour drive home. I think the smart move is to just call it. I would love to go now, back out. But. Why are you, let's preface why you're calling it, because this, you have some options here. I do. I, not confirmed. Um, there's only one other deer hunter coming out this season. So there, there is an option on the table to potentially come back out at another time. Yeah. And that normally, that's normally not the case. You get your week, you come out, you yeah. do your thing. Um, given the circumstances, there is a chance that we can come back. So I would right. rather not go out and hail Mary something late this evening with all of those other things in front of us. Right. And, 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 something. and then even in worst case scenario, because of the way Wyoming works with the tag, when you have the tag, you can hunt any open season. You can hunt, yeah. So you could literally come back during rifle if, you, if, you, if that worked out with Q schedule yeah. and everything like that. Uh, but you, legally you could right. uh, shoot a buck with a rifle. If right. You and it's the unit, right? I mean, if we, if we wanted to figure out public land in the area, we could still come back and hunt. Is it, with isn't that it tag. the region? 
region unit, whatever they call it in Wyoming. I think it's a re- I think you you applied for because that's so one H- of the reasons. Region Q. It's Region Q because they switched yeah. it, mm-hmm. so now it is a Region Tech. Yeah. But I mean, not that you would necessarily want to go. You know, no. if you'd no, no, I'm just saying that the, yeah. all those things are yeah. on the table. Right. And they're, and versus, they're yeah, options. Versus going out tonight and trying to make something, make happen, something happen on maybe something that isn't exactly what you want. Yeah. And uh, there, you, again, you know, there's some really good whitetail here. Yeah. And there's some, this, you know, Larry's Buck. Larry's Buck. And maybe you give it a little time and you're able to come back out. Right. And uh, Q's got some elk hunters coming in. And, you know, if Q's here, he's going to be knowing what's going on. Oh, absolutely. Larry's here. Yeah. And maybe after they leave it, if that works out. So I think I want the listeners to understand that it's not that you're giving up. No. But that in a situation like this, you've got two tags filled. You've got yeah. one left. But you also want to be smart. Right. And so right. you're going to play the odds yeah. of, hey, let's let this rest. Let's right. not go willy-nilly just trying to arrow something else to notch another tag. Right. You have time to come back. So, well, and I, I put that out there even this afternoon when we were kind of hunting through lunch. Smart shots, smart plays only, only. Which is why we made only. this play on exactly. that buck going up into yeah. that canyon. And that's why, why I said even with a high percentage chance that it made sense okay. that he would he would come back out this direction. We had a good a good setup, short shot. You know, I don't I don't need you know a bad shot on the 11th hour right yeah when yeah, we were all trying we yeah. all have stuff to do tomorrow yeah. we all got to get back and we still need to clean the lodge up a yeah. little bit and and get all our stuff loaded right. and of course whenever we travel anywhere it seems like it's <laughs> we carry entirely too much stuff but we tend to need it all <gasps> um so that gives us the time well i think that's a wise decision on your part yeah. it also gets you guys back to town decent decent not yeah. you know get a good night's sleep i know you got meetings starting at seven in the morning yes. so yeah yeah uh, life didn't stop yeah but you you wish it did when you're here i mean there's something really special about this place and i i think we should mention that i mean q's been on this pl- on this uh, podcast many many times yeah. and if you guys haven't checked out qrs outdoors check them out qrsoutdoors.com um basically it's it's quentin smith mm-hmm. he's been doing this for again i longer than i've been with him but or hunting with him but i've been hunting with him seven eight years and um he's got this property he's got the property in outside of meeker mm-hmm. colorado and it's just a sportsman's paradise oh, absolutely you know you've you've been involved in uh the uh Combat Marine Combat Outdoors, Marine outdoors yeah. that they do in Colorado, yeah. where you come in, you do the fly fishing, um, help help that whole deal. You've been here. We've done camera schools yeah. here at this place, and then the hunting is just phenomenal. Right. So if you're looking for something, if you're looking for something Western, yeah. this is Q is the, QRS is a place you got to check them out. Check them out there on uh, Instagram, there on Facebook, QRS Specialties. Uh, or QRS outdoors, um, and and give Q. We we, we call him Q. His yeah, name's Quentin Smith, but we everybody calls <laughs> right. him Q. So if you you hear me Sorry. going back and forth, don't be confused. But get a hold of Q. If this is yeah. something that intrigues you, this is I, I can't encourage you enough. And he offers everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In, in both states, if you don't if you don't have points in Wyoming or you don't want to try for Wyoming, 
both states, bears, mountain lions, white-tail mule deer. I mean, he's he offers everything. Right. And Quentin Smith is one of the best people oh, yeah. on the Legit. planet. Legit. He's an animal whisperer. He's really personable. I mean, he'll treat you like family. So if he you're does. if you're looking mm-hmm. for a hunt, it, it's it's definitely something to look yeah. into. So I, I uh, you know, normally he's here with us, mm. and this year some things have happened where he had a guide. Uh, you know, I mean, he's running a business. Sure. And um, he had some hunters, some bear hunters in Colorado, and everything was lined up. He was going to be here with us, which we love it. It's, you know, it's we're kind of selfish in that regard. You know, we we want Q. We don't yeah, want – he's got some great people to work for him. He does. But we want Q. And, and the cool thing about it, we've come to a position, is we don't really use a guide, so we're not utilizing those resources because we know the property so well because we've hunted them so well or for so long. Um, he doesn't have to have a guide with us, but we just like to be with Q. Yeah. Well, when he's got a guide down, who he, one of his main guides, um, uh, his wife, God bless her, fell and broke, shattered both her wrists. Both, yeah. And so he is, he literally left here, went to the hospital and stuff. So Neil is a great guy. We've hunted with him before, so he wasn't even here, So, which is fine. But we do miss having Q with us. Definitely. Because he's always got, it brings a great attitude and, and is a, a deer and antelope yeah. and elk whisperer. And we've, we've, we've had a lot of great adventures. He's part of the, he's part of the team. He's he part really of what is. makes this hunt so special too. Right? Uh-huh. It's, he's been on yeah. as many shows as most of the hosts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, since, since back in 2012, I think I drew my elk tag. I think it was 2012 i drew my elk tag on green mountain and yeah i maybe it was 13 anyway the last <laughs> time i had an elk tag here was uh you know him and i even though we didn't hunt this property we went it we went over to public and we took the fight to him and killed a great bull <laughs> um and it were quite a team so and i'm going to be with him next week with uh, lane and and uh Omar, who goes by Crispy, who's a wounded vet that is just an amazing story, amazing individual. I'm going to get to spend some time with them in Elkwoods next week. So I'm hoping that I'm going to get to catch up with Q next week. But I know he has elk hunters up here, so we might be just swapping places. (laughs) So we'll see. But any any parting words, any, any parting thoughts you guys have before we sign off? No, it's been a great weekend, and... Seven Finally years, got some dude. relief after seven <laughs> years. And was it worth it? Absolutely. It was. Um, like this whole podcast has been about, this place is so awesome. I mean, this place is great. Plenty of animals. And waited seven years to draw it. I mean, it's it's something I've, I've wanted that long, and there's a good chance I'll start putting in again <laughs> oh, next year. I, I guarantee so. you I'm going to start applying because now that they've upped the tags, I want to come back out and hunt up again. Mm-hmm. You know I, it's funny, people get a hold of me all the time. I want to come out and hunt elk. I want to come out and hunt mule deer. I want yeah. to do it on my own. If you start taking somebody from the Midwest, maybe Wisconsin or, or Indiana, you know, and you and they're going to come out and they're going to do this on their own. If you start adding up the expenses that they would do to come out to have a great experience, mm-hmm. right? The research, mm-hmm. okay, all this stuff. And then you look at what, Q charges to come out here and do this you're silly 
I mean, the difference of what you're going to spend on your own and hope to see something yeah, versus hope to see something. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm again, I, I this might sound silly and preachy or whatever, but I'm just telling you, I've done on my own, do-it-yourself, public land stuff all my life. Okay, it's great, it's fun, and it, there's something neat about that. But if you want that experience, that once in a lifetime, maybe, maybe this is the one time you're going to get an outfitter. Okay, and I want to come and I'm going to spend my hard-earned money that I've saved for three, four years, and I want X, Y, Z, uh, elk, antelope, mule deer, bear, whatever it might be. Um, and then you start breaking down the ROI, return on investment, <laughs> for uh, you know, not mere mon- monetarily, but for if you could put a value on an adventure, success. What is your success? Does success mean you need to kill something? Okay, well then you probably ought to have somebody who knows what they're doing. Right. right. Versus you going and cutting your teeth because it's going to take you a couple of trips oh, to absolutely. get things figured out. Yeah. Even us who live out west who can go scouting, there's areas it takes me two or three years to learn to where I can then be pretty consistently successful. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I again, I know it sounds like I'm a sales pitch, but if it's something you want to do, look at the the, the bottom dollar, which is the investment that you're going to have to make on your own, uh-huh. hoping to be successful versus the investment you make into this adventure, knowing that Q's got scouting done. It's got, you know, you, you're in an area that's a great draw for trophy quality, whatever it might be, your expectations. And he's got all of that for kind of lined out. And you come out here and it makes you feel like your family. Yep. So it's a win-win. So... Well, we've got a lot to do, and uh, yeah, until uh, we've got... What, what's your next hunt, guys? Over-the-counter elk stuff? back for Shelly's. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there's some, sure. more, yeah. There's yeah. some um, planning to, to, to happen Some on adjustments, that. <laughs> but you, you guys are going to do some OTC elk in Colorado? We're going to do some OTC elk in Colorado. Okay. Um, haven't got the details quite worked out yet. Uh, um, well, it's not like I'm season sure opened. Back to, oh wait! Oh, it oh wait! Did. It did. Oh, but it's did hot. Open. It's so yeah. hot. Oh, it so is hot. hot. I mean, I cannot imagine that the bulls are bugling right now at I 95 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. 90 no. degrees. That and get back to Oklahoma. I'm sure at least once or twice for whitetails, and that's about it. And then start planning for next spring. Yeah, we didn't draw much in Colorado. Yeah. These were the these were the tags. Yeah. Well, they're Pack great. It all into one weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, good stuff. And we will uh, sign off now, as always, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, stay tuned. We've got elk hunt, more elk hunts coming up um, and uh, great adventures. And as always, we encourage you find what it, uh, inspires you, embrace it, and uh, God bless. We'll see you down the trail.